Welcome to Be Ye Hearers. It's a podcast of St. James's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. Listen, for these years I have been working like a slave for you. I have never disobeyed your command and have never even given me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends when this son of yours comes back who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you kill the fatted calf for him. Bob Dylan once said, I was born a long way from where I belong, and I'm on my way home. This morning, I want to talk about this idea of where we belong in the context of our gospel story finding our way back home. And at the end, I'll say a bit more about Bob Dylan. But before I go any further, time for a little Q&A, my friends. Anybody here have a younger son or daughter in their family? Were you, perhaps, ever that younger sibling? In my own family, the younger prodigal son was actually my older brother. My older brother, by his own uh, sterling example, uh, taught me any, many things about what not to do growing up. There is a litany of offenses I could mention that involve um, lake house parties, um, being on the seven-year college plan. <laughs> However, there are some things that I may or may not be guilty of myself. I may have been at a And since uh, my brother did ultimately get his life together, uh, went to law school, became an attorney, uh, this is probably not the time for uh, either one of us if we would want to have to give a, a deposition for past sins and offenses. I do, though, remember having that similar feeling of self-righteousness the older brother in our gospel experience. I mean, I always did what I was supposed to do. I followed all the rules. And did this get me any special treatment? I certainly never got a padded cat or even a second-hand car. <laughs> Can any of you relate to that feeling? Let's be honest with ourselves. Prodigals have this annoying habit of being charming. They're the life of the party. They waltz in the familial situations. They seem to glide through doing all the things and saying all the things that most of us never dream of trying to get away with. And while I know lots of folks like to say how much they enjoy this parable and what a wonderful picture it is of God's love and forgiveness, when it gets down to the practical day-to-day -day application of this story to our daily lives, I don't know about you, but I find myself feeling a bit hypocritical. Yes, it is a wonderful picture of God's forgiveness that our Lord gives to us this morning, but for peace's sake, my friends, why does God have to be so unfair to the rest of us? I mean, we are all the older and responsible sons and daughters. In this sense, I feel a bit like the prophet Jonah. Do you remember his story in the Old Testament? Jonah was sent to a town to tell them that they had been so terrible, so evil, 
The Lord was going to just wipe them all out. But once God sees how everybody repented, they turned from their sinful ways, God changed his mind. He decided to spare all those folks in the town of Nineveh. Now, one would think that Jonah would have said to himself, well, that's great. I was such a successful prophet that God decided to spare all these pagan people. Instead, Jonah pitches one of the top five biblical fits of all time. <laughs> He's right up there with the older brother. He even says to God at one point in the story, this is precisely why I didn't want to do this job, because you are so gosh darn merciful and forgiving. I mean, we all like to think that our modern-day resentment is something new, but, my friends, there is a long history in the Bible of various people who get upset with God for his capacity for love and forgiveness. Uh, C.S. Lewis put it this way when he said, you know, everyone thinks forgiveness is a wonderful idea until they have something to forgive. So, my friends, so, my friends, why do, we need, why do we need that type of love and forgiveness in our own lives? And how does that relate to finding our way back home? Dylan, of course, talks about being a long way from where he belongs in exile, alienated from God, and his own quest to find his way home. And I think we, we miss something critical in our gospel if we think only the younger son is searching for a way back. Jesus' parable, Jesus' parable is meant to expose the dangers that come from being both a younger and an older son. Now, the younger son is easy to find fault with. He dishonors his father, throws away his inheritance, but the older son, the good churchgoer, is at first a bit harder to find fault with. However, his mask comes off when he tells his father why he refuses to go into the party. Listen, listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed any of your commands. His seething resentment, his self-righteousness is built up to a point where he cannot even recognize joy, the joy that comes from welcoming his own brother back home, back from the dead, as the father says. The older son, he too is in exile, a long way from where he belongs, even though he has never left. This suggests to me, especially after the experience of the past two years, that we have all, in some ways, been a long way from home. As we continue to heal our souls from the scars of the pandemic, I believe we are called to find the strength to say to ourselves that we all, in some ways, let the foolishness of the younger son and the self-righteousness of the older son rule our lives in so many ways. We have, at times, been quick to condemn, slow to forgive, and we, we have found ourselves in exile from where we truly belong. And yet we all, 
All of us that sit here this morning, we should take heart that despite our wanderings, the refusal, as it says in the story, come to ourselves, God still waits. God still waits to welcome us all back home. The door remains open, even at times when we want to keep our own hearts closed. In Dylan's most recent album, he wrote a song called I've made up my mind to give myself to you. There's a verse that's been haunting me these past few weeks. It goes like this. If I had the wings of a snow-white dove, I'd preach the gospel, the gospel of love. A love so real, a love so true. I've made up my mind to give myself to you. It is this powerful, it is this transformative gospel of love that we hear about in this morning's story about a father and his two sons. It is the same love and forgiveness that is always, always being offered to you and to me. Our gospel lesson taken together with our focus on Dylan's music this Sunday suggests to me that our home is not so much what we make, but how we let God remake each one of us. And each one of us, each one of us sits here this morning, we are beautiful creatures. We are made in God's most holy image, an image that may at times be tarnished, bruised, but is yearning to be polished made whole by that gospel of unconditional love. This Sunday, I want to invite all of you to open up your heart, embrace the future that God offers, join the party, find your way back to where you belong, here among all the older, younger sons and daughters that make up our church family. And whether you were feeding the swine in exile, feeding those swines in exile, or were dutifully laboring in the field, there is always a place for you here at St. James, a place where we all belong, and a place, more importantly, that will always, always welcome us all. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Ye Hearers. For our full worship service, go to doers.org slash live. To learn more about St. James's, go to doers.org. We hope you've been touched by the Holy Spirit today. We look forward to being your companion on your spiritual journey.